0: Ever thought about starting your own business as an interior designer? Join Liz Levin, nationally published design entrepreneur of 20 years, as she interviews experts, colleagues, and creatives to pull back the curtain on the design industry. Whether you're passionate about design, eager to start your design business, or simply curious about what happens behind the scenes, we're here to open the doors for you. Welcome to Behind the Drapery Podcast.
1: This week, we continue in our series that I affectionately call the DC Designers All-Star Tour, where you get to meet the most in-demand talent and hear their untold stories from behind the scenes with some of the best designers I know in our nation's capital. Today, we welcome interior designer Erica Burns. Erica is uniquely positioned as a designer who rose from the ranks in commercial and residential construction. Originally from the Southeast, Erica graduated from the University of Florida's College of Design, Construction, and Planning. She began her career in the construction industry and eventually finding her niche in residential design. Drawing on her strong understanding of the construction process, Erica is well-equipped to guide clients in their selection of every detail, from plumbing fixtures and door hardware to furniture and window treatments. Her involvement throughout the design and construction not only brings efficiency to the process, but also ensures that the interior elements are seamlessly integrated with the architecture of the home. We chat about her personal career path that led to the founding of her eponymous design firm, Erica Burns Interiors. With more than a decade of experience turning visions into reality, Erica Burns Interiors has quickly become one of Washington DC's leading residential design firms. Through attention to detail and thoughtful editing, Erica and her team create homes that are timeless and classic, with a touch of the unexpected. Today, we dive into how her early experience in renovation and construction allowed for mutually beneficial partnerships and opportunities with DC's top architectural firms, a dynamic relationship that exponentially benefits both the design team and the homeowner. I'm excited for you to meet Erica today and get inspired as we talk about launching and growing her firm and what she sees for her business five years ahead. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Drapery. I'm your host, Liz Levin. Well, hello, Erica. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Liz? I'm <laughs> great. It's so nice to see you. And I'm so glad you made time for us today. Well,
0: thank you for having me. This is exciting. My first podcast.
1: <laughs> I know, right? And mine too. I keep joking. It's my first podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been following you throughout your career here in Washington, D.C., and I feel like within the last few years, you really shot up into the stratosphere with some really amazing next level projects and whole house renovations. I just think the images I've been seeing on your socials and what you've been sharing have just been stunning. And maybe I missed some intro, but all of a sudden it was like, whoa, scroll stopping moments. Erica, wow. I was like, you go. I I think for the people that may not know you yet, I wanted to see if you could talk to me about some of your background and how you decided to become an interior designer and thinking about what was your personal path like to launching your own design firm? I know you've been growing it, but I wanted you to take us back to your first career move and sort of where you started and and how you got going.
0: Okay. I know hopefully this won't be too long-winded, but um, it's not the typical path, I would say. I mean, I think a lot of people arrive in this role like in a lot of different ways. It's kind of interesting about it. It's not always the same. Um, but I actually um, majored in construction, building construction in college. I did a little bit of architecture, a little bit of engineering, and then ended up in a building construction program at the University of Florida because it was kind of a combination of a bunch of things. I actually don't even know how I ended up there, but I knew I let it like to put things together and build things. So, um, but there was like maybe 2% women. So it was kind really? of weird. Yeah, an interesting field. It was like all men at that time. I think now it's a lot different. Out of college, I came to DC to work for a company I interned with, which was a big construction company. And I was doing like budgeting and estimating for large high rise buildings, like apartments. So I was pricing things like concrete and like light gauge metal framing and like things that are just so random, but I was there for almost five years. I feel like I learned a ton actually Yeah, that does apply to what I do now, but I always loved, like I've always loved homes and houses and I didn't really know where I was headed, but I decided to move to go to a residential construction company. So I went to a firm that did really high-end renovating. It was a bit of a step back for me in terms of position, but I was like, you know, I feel like I need to do this to really kind of get into that side of it. And I feel like I was there for a couple of years and it was great experience. I was a coordinator. So you know how we pick out tiles and all that kind of stuff for clients. And then you have to get to the builder. Well I was that person who took all that information and placed the orders for the tile and the plumbing and took care of that. And like a selections coordinator, a selection. That's exactly what it was. A selections coordinator. And that was helpful. You know, I was on site. I got to see how things were renovated and built and put together and how, so I think honestly that was like such a good education since I don't have a formal education in interior design. Um, But I learned a lot about how things, how buildings are built. And I think that kind of is how I am where I am now doing a lot of renovations and construction. Like that was my background. I was really comfortable on a job site, you know, talking to, trades people. But I felt like when I was there, I was, there would be designers on these projects and I would be like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be that person. <laughs> I, You know, I want to, so how do I do that? So I kind of, you know, talking to people, I convinced myself that I needed to get, go back and get a degree, a master's. I applied to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. I had almost moved my husband there. I was like, I have to get a master's. But then all of a sudden it was like, wait a second. A lot of people don't have a degree in it. And I have all this, like I have a background and I know codes, you know, from building and stuff. So at about the same time, my families, um, my in-laws were re- renovating their beach house. And so um. I was like, well, why don't I manage it for you? I left my job just trying to figure out what I was going to do and trying to grow this business and then do some of the design while I'm at it, which was awesome that they let me kind of run with that a little bit and gave me, you know, the ability to build a little bit of a portfolio. So I was managing the renovation, finished when I was like eight months, pre- nine months pregnant, like almost oh maybe it was like kind of crazy, but out in <laughs> Bethany Beach in Delaware, but it was so fun. And it was like, we redecorated and all this stuff. And I randomly, I was like, well, I'm going to photograph this. So I photographed it and I randomly sent photos to Yura at the Washington oh, Post, yes. who I didn't know. I just like looked her You're up conscious. in the Washington Yes. And I was like, well, she writes like for the, you know, the so home smart. section. So I yes. just like randomly. I was like, maybe they, like, on a whim, maybe they're doing a like, beach house feature and something. So she loved the photos. And then it, they put it in like the local living, like the cover of local living, Remember. which was just wild, you know, so that was kind of yeah, it, and it was really my dog. I think at the time I had who was on what the cover. Mean? And I think we put him like, I remember we like moved the sofas and we put, we I had a golden doodle. He was like a big, shaggy dog and we put him in like right in center of the photo. He, of course, was on the cover. Like it was just, so I kind of think it's partially for him. But Dogs, um, I think yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting, though. I mean, you're echoing, I think, what a lot of folks have kind of gone through differently. I mean, I think being having a background in construction. Is uh, positions you very uniquely, but I think a lot of us sort of have had myself at least. I'll speak for myself. Had to learn by doing too. I don't have a degree in design, and you have to get that practical knowledge. I'm envious. That was really smart that you were on the job site with all of those um, commercial and residential because I felt like I had to learn that after I got those projects later on with the builder and the architect. I'm I'm listening and I'm you know doing the piece that I know how to do, but I was learning. A lot. I mean, I came through this from retail furniture and custom goods. So that's, you know, of course, where I lean now, interestingly enough. Right.
0: Well, which I knew nothing about. We were furnishing some of this beach house. And and I did, like, once I kind of put it out there, there was, I had a couple other people who were doing small renovations, but then everybody wanted furniture too, or window (laughs) treatments, which was like, uh, okay. So I remember going to the design center and I was like, I walked into American Eye and I was like, "Um, how do I buy a couch? And they're like, first of all, it's not a couch. It's a sofa. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Nice and then, you know, and this is how you do it. And then, and Debbie, you know, like walk me through all yes. the cushion packages so you know, overwhelming years first. ago. Yeah. And then I remember going to look at fabrics and being like, I asking someone like, how do I get a piece of this to take home? And they're like, do you mean a memo <laughs> sample? Like you hear you have to get an account, like fill it. Here's the pad. I mean, I knew nothing at all. I get and it. And actually like yes. the same window treatment workroom Everett that we worked with did a presentation somewhere and I listened to it. Like I just kind of went to all the things I could do. Like all those things at the design center that they had, I went to because I was like, I'm gonna learn something there and meet people and figure it out. And I just, you know, I was like kind of like figuring it out and hustling and just getting out there and talking yes. to people. And and so then I met Gretchen and she did the window treatment. So I was like, well this person knows what they're doing. like oh so I gosh. can't screw them up that much.
1: She's so that's kind of partner.
0: still obviously with both of us. We will we both do all our business with her now. And so I feel like I was like, I just have to find the right people, the right team that can help me cause like who are experts in what they do so that I don't have to know everything. And I can pick that up along the way. But I mean, I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, like, and I just had to fix them and pay for them. And that's, that was kind of like my education instead of spending mm-hmm. the money to go back to school, I just paid Same. mistakes. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay, am I like, that doesn't work. Now I know, like, Someone had told me once they had a sign in their workroom and it said, ask me how I know. And I was like, that's really good. Because literally, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, how do you know that? I'm like, because mm. I did it wrong the first time. <laughs> and I, oh my I won't do it wrong again. The first yeah. time you can't get a sofa through the door or the
1: first time I used drapery, um, sorry, upholstery weight fabric on drapery, which was also with Gretchen, who I jokingly call my big sister because she was like a pivotal helper. She's, you know, a little bit ahead of us in our career. She was the first person like help me. I was like, how does one do window treatments? What words are you using? And she'd stand next to me and make me look good and be like Roman <laughs> shade, you know? This yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to have her on well, here. I told her she's coming
0: on. <laughs> okay, good. That is good. You definitely need that. Cause yeah. Yeah. Window treatments are hard. I mean, I'm still, and I would say even all of this stuff, I'm still constantly learning things about construction and window treatments. It's just, you'll never, ever learn everything. It's just an endless learning experiment.
1: Every client's different and the people that you bring to the project are different. So that does keep it interesting in terms of working in design. I feel like there's certain processes that are the same, but the cast of characters and sort of things you uncover and learn about, whether the easy way or the hard way, definitely keep us on toes.
0: Oh yeah, always. And I mean, it, I'm, we're still I'm making mistakes all the time. Like there's just, there's so many pieces and parts in our business. So it's, it, I would never tell anyone, I'm like, you know, we're going to, get 100% of everything right every time. So
1: No, I think that's impossible because we're humans. And I think when you get down the road a bit in your career and have the confidence after learning and fixing things and all of that, that you can, I at least felt more confident telling clients, okay, things may go sideways, but just know that I've got your back. I'm your superhero who's going to jump in and do it because we can't control every single piece when you're building a house and all of those details are just endless. You've had such an amazing run recently too, I feel like working with different architecture groups too. I'm curious to hear more, like especially with Thompson and Cook, they were like the darlings of DC renovation that late. I feel like so many gorgeous projects and then together you've been creating absolutely gorgeous homes together. I'm curious, how did that relationship come about? And was that a, was that particular relationship instrumental in this kind of accelerated growth over the past several years for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, well, it's funny how it, how it began. We, I was at a, like a, my, like, actually my first assistant was her house and she was like, oh, these are architects that I know from blah, blah, blah. They helped her with renovation and their kids were the same age. And, you know, it's just like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then like, we i followed up like that i'm all about like following up you know what i mean and reaching out to people because you just never know like how to get out there And, and when i got actually when i kept thinking about getting into this business i interviewed like i reached out to interior designers before all of this i was like how would you do this business like i remember having phone calls with people i didn't even know and they would take them and just i've always been kind of that way there's nothing to lose you know what i
1: mean Yeah, I feel I've always said there's enough room for everybody. And like, as you know, where people are coming up, there's always new hot talent coming up, especially in the D.C. area. And and it's all it's fun for me to sort of stay connected to that and see what people are doing. And you never know what's going to come out of that connection, you know, whether it's a resource or, or like you said, a different way to think about things. I think, I would think architects and builders love working with you because you do have that unique background. I don't know a lot of designers that come through with specific practical hands-on knowledge. I mean, when I was first picking tile, I was sort of like you were with the fabric and saying, how does one, how much tile does one need? What does one do with <laughs> and this? I would think they must love that you can speak their language, so to speak, and can, and understand the importance of schedules and timing and all of those. It's so complex. And I think for designers starting out, it's a lot to take on and you want to do it because you want to reach, those renovation projects, I think, and bigger projects, those longer term projects, but it can be daunting in the beginning when you're coming out of school or coming out of your first like internship or design assistant.
0: I don't really think you could do it you know, right out of school. And even, even just like when I was really starting out, someone had said they might have like this huge project for me when I was just getting started. And I was like, oh, God, like I remember kind of interviewing for it. I was so nervous and looking yes. at it. I didn't get it. Um, because I was clearly just like not feeling confident. And I'm so glad I didn't, honestly, because I I just wasn't ready for that. Like I do really feel like you have to work your way through the size of projects and kind of get your arms around it. Like my first jobs, I mean, were small, you know, decorating projects. I needed to do that to get the confidence. And like plus the mistakes, like talking about mistakes, they're much bigger when they're when you big when bigger stakes, like bigger stakes are bigger, costly mistakes you know, yeah, I think like it's, I've been doing this, I think since four, 13, 14 years.
1: Wow. Time is flying. Like you by. Said,
0: I think it really is flying by. And, um, and I have to say, it's just so funny when I, when I was getting started, I went to that show house. That's when I started my business. Right. So like, it was right around 2010 when I was you know dabbling. And I remember going to the show house and being like, Oh, okay. Like this, like Liz is legit. You know what I mean? Oh. And like Marika was in that one. I was like, these are like, these, this is what I need to strive for. I mean, literally, that's so funny just thinking about it. Like, and now here we are chatting. But um, oh, now, yeah, now you had you such. Are, a, I
1: mean, my goodness. I mean, your body of work is like. I'm not kidding. I'm not well, just blowing you up here. Well, I'm so very, wildly
0: impressed. <laughs> that's very, very sweet. We, yes, but thank. But I mean, I equally think the world of all your stuff too. So it's like it's funny how life works like that. But yeah, it's we've had. I've been. It's been great. We've had. I mean, all our stuff now is, you know, client referrals. It just kind of starts taking off. And then you photograph things. And I don't know, it's just, it's, I love the momentum. I think it's been awesome. And figuring out how to scale it and how to grow has been really interesting. Like it's a whole other set of skills, you know, being a business owner. So it's just so different,
1: you know. That was one of my questions for you too, is you've grown your team to how many people in your office now? I know you're all in. And I feel like that's something too, that you said, like you decided Mm -hmm. to scale it and really go for it. Making that decision is sort of what steps you took and and how many people and sort of what roles does your uh, do the people on your team play?
0: There's seven of us now. So for the first, I mean, from tw- 2011 to uh, the first, like four or five years, I had some part-time help. Um, I mean, Anna Matthews, who I was talking about, who's like the cocktail party I went to or whatever, she was my first part-time assistant. And that was probably a year or two when I got into it. And who she was awesome. And she since now has like, she lives in Jackson Hole and has like a really... Cool, just like she doesn't really do as much design as much, I don't think as much, but she has a great Instagram if you want to follow her. But um, she yeah, was great yeah, and really helped me like kind of get like some help, just you know, some help, but it was part-time because that was like all I could afford. And then um she went off and did her own thing, and then I kind of you know, I just always had this part-time help here and there. And then I finally in 2014 um added Anne to the team full time, and that was the scariest thing. Like a full-time oh, yeah. hire was that was so <laughs> scary, right? Like I was like, Okay, I have to plan for basically this entire salary to be out of my pocket. Um, well, can I do this? Kind of terrifying, You're but writing. however, that was I write, and that was right about the time, like right just right around the time we started those big projects, those new like those um, projects as Thompson Cook and various builders and stuff. So she, but it turned out being the best move ever because I was way more profitable because I, you know, she could be doing things while I'm on site. It was like having you know an extension of myself, and it was, but at that time. I mean, prior to that, I was doing everything like, you know, I was doing like the client meetings, the bookkeeping, like after, you know, hours, like when my kids are like, put them to bed when they're babies and I'm like, you know, trying to like invoice and, you know, it's exhausting. And then I'm doing like the returns for like the accessories, like, I mean, everything. So literally I everything. Don't look, I used to say yeah. I'm
1: the janitor and I'm the principal yeah. designer. I'm like yeah. literally doing it all. Yeah.
0: Everything. I had to be there for every install. And I tried, I kept being like, maybe I'll be part-time, but that's impossible. You don't know when the delivery is gonna be. So being on my own, I found was like very stressful. It's a necessary part of it's rare, I think, to be able to start and hire someone right off the some people do, but I couldn't. And then so but yeah, so I had Anne for four years and it was it was great. Like I feel like she really helped me like grow the business and she has her own business now like she had so she had a baby like right before COVID and then moved to Richmond and it's doing her own thing but we're still good friends but just before that I had hired Bridget who is now our director of operations but she came on and really honestly at that time so this was like 2019 right before COVID like, I didn't have positions for anyone it was just kind of like hey, like, I come on out over. Like, I need some help. We all do all the things. I mean,
1: how did you think at some point you had to pull up and say, okay, let's talk about process. I feel like there's never time to do that. But if you don't, you start drowning and everybody's overlapping. And there were some key moments. I remember my first like delineation was I'm going to have an operations manager. And once I design and propose, and I'm literally passing the baton to this person so they can do orders and fulfillment. And I found that you know, division of labor to be great for the client, obviously for myself too, but it it was hard. It didn't come naturally. It's sort of like an organic, like, what are we doing? We're doing all the things, but we're doing them all simultaneously. That's not good either. Right.
0: Exactly. That was in that phase for a long time, just because I didn't even have, like you said, I never had the opportunity to just like stop and, and just sort of, we just didn't have any of that. It was just such, everything's a fire drill all the time. You know, we're, I didn't want to say no to too many projects. Like it, 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 it was a lot. It was just a lot.
1: You're building your team. You're gaining this momentum. And then everything shuts down in March. And I remember my husband said to me, you know, collect every check that's out there. Who knows yep, what's happening? Yep. And then the opposite happened.
0: It was the opposite yeah. happens. I know. Well, I had, it only had one other, cause right just before COVID, my first hire had she had decided to, you know, to not come back to work because she had a new baby and stuff. So that I, I just had one. So it was just the two of us through COVID. And I was terrified. Like it was just so same thing. I was like, this is going to be so bad, you know, for us. And we're and, a luxury
1: item. It's like, this is a Exactly. Nice- I was like, we're going to be the
0: first thing to go. Yes, right.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: We had some projects going. I mean, we were busy, but it was scary, but it didn't last that long. Like soon after, I feel like, two big projects that were carrying me over. So I was like, I knew I could, you know, keep going. Then, yeah, it just started picking up and it started getting, like, we get it started getting a lot of calls and this and that. And then I was like, well, we need another person then. Because, yeah, three of us total in, in 2020. And I feel like every year since then, I've, like, added one or two people, but she came mm. on and so we kind of divided the projects between the two of them. And we were in... I also was renovating over COVID, like we did an addition, which was kind of crazy as well in January of 2020. So it was a lot, there was like a lot of things happening, I'll, yeah. but I'm actually Insul. thankful we did it then and not after, right? Oh
1: my gosh, because the building costs, for those of you that don't know, went to the roof. The cost of a two
0: four is like 8x. <laughs> I really, like, we really timed it well, like no delays and all that kind of stuff. So that, you know, I was really fortunate for, um, but we built out the basement, like the Walkout basement was it was an office. So and I intended to stay there for a really long time. We're no longer there, but it was great for for then. So then we had two of us, and I was like, "All right, you both are like designer project managers. You know, we're going to split the jobs between you, and you know, we are going to handle all the proposals and the invoicing and all that." Did you
1: share the creative work? Were you more of like a creative director while they did some initial? Were they doing any creative work as or just project yes. manager? Okay,
0: so. It's still set up that way. And I can fast forward even to where we are now. It might be helpful because we started adding people and it might as well make sense just to say how we are set up now. But I did eventually, Bridget, who was working with me, is so strong in processes and systems and things like that, that I was like, you know what, I can't do all of the things across this whole business. And I read something in Business of Home where someone explained this director of operations that they had. I was like, that is what I need. And she's right there. So Bridget moved into this role of director of operations. So she's kind of like overseeing all the jobs alongside of me, but in more of an operational standpoint. So I can be cre- like focused on the creative side and generating the ideas. So I'm you know, the lead on that um, in terms of like setting the tone of the project, the initial client stuff and Bridget, um, who's also very creative and weighs in all the time on things. Um, but she is Also, then was able to be like, here's our process. Like, created all of these like a manual and Mm. how we do things, like how we enter these things and standards, like consistency. That's huge. And is always like that person that is like, well, did you realize that like the sofa is the seat is like 20 inches and that ottoman probably should not be higher than 20 inches? Like, like nothing gets by her. You know what I mean? So like every proposal, it's just in ways that I don't think. You know, I don't always think that way. I wish you know I yeah it's it depends. You know what I mean? And so it's. It's been a great, yeah.
1: I'm agreeing with you. And I'm sitting here waving my hands. No, but you need to have, someone gave me the best advice that said you need to hire someone that compliments you, not exactly what you do. You don't need another you or 10 of yous, it sounds like. And you need someone to be that gatekeeper of detail. Doesn't
0: let anything by. Right. Like she can review all the proposals. It's just like another eye on things from more like a, you know, sometimes when you're in it. So like the project managers and designers like that are on it and I'll get to them next. they are in the project. We're all kind of in it. It's nice for someone to come in you know, just like fresh, and be like, look at something, and can see it a little bit from standing back, and be like, wait, did we think about this, and this, and this? So she just has been great in that position. And then we ha- hired another, what we're calling, just des- so what we've been calling, is designer project managers. They really just handle everything having to do the project, and we have we have two of those, Kate and Hillary, and they once we set the tone together, like they will source things and come up with some ideas, and um, we'll work on it together. So it's very collaborative. Like I. Definitely. Do ultimately, you know, make the decisions, but they bring so many ideas that I wouldn't come up with on my own. So it's definitely creative and it's so much better. Like I could never work in a vacuum. Like I just I I will never say that I'm like the the best of all of this. But
1: I agree. I even think working with clients helps with that too. Cause when you don't have a team, yeah. you have a client wing and it's like, oh, reacting to things. So you it kind of puts up some guardrails too, I feel like. So if I don't go too crazy down my color pattern train, you know, people, <laughs> the
0: client will pull me back. Yeah. Someone needs to kind of keep you in check or even push, like, you know, push you or whatever. I think what I do best is like understanding, kind of listening to the client and taking that and trying to like put it into the interiors, you know, but I can't, like, I love for new ideas and new sources and, And then, so then we're like doing that and I'm like, okay, wait, but they're so bogged down with all these orders, like placing the orders and tracking it. They can't get these design proposal, like things together. So then I realized we really need help with procurement. So then we added someone who can like, once the proposals are done, can kind of run with the orders and who's been awesome and like tracking and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's like, as we go along, I'm realizing there's better, like more efficient ways to do things that can make us all, you know, better at what we do. So now we're going to hire for a project manager role, essentially kind of breaking apart that designer project management role so they can focus on the design side and then have someone doing the project management side, essentially kind of end procurement too. And so we're kind of having like little teams, if you will. That's perfect.
1: I and mean, I think, And but my question while you were saying that, I was like, how did you get comfortable with the level of project flow coming in to, to feed everybody, so to speak? I know in the when I've had larger teams in the past, I used to stress a little bit that I had to, you know, fill the pipeline so much. And, and I often felt like there wasn't a lot of control over that. I mean, yes, there's referrals. I don't really do a lot of, this was before Instagram and all of that. I don't really have a marketing thing. It was sort of just being out there. Maybe you get in an article or something, but when I had a big team, I, it was hard, I think, keeping the pipeline full, you know, and I was trying to keep everybody busy. But so how did you, was there like a threshold you met? Like, I know I've got X projects coming my way because of these great builder architect relationships or whatever the thing is. I, I think that's the stress. If you hire the first person and you have to plan how to pay for more and how much work everybody needs to take on. Are you working to feed the team or are you, you know, I'm curious to hear how that went for you.
0: That is a great question. As a business owner, the bottom line and paying for all of these people, you know, it's a lot of pressure, but I did one move that... So I, ha- I had a business... I heard a business coach a while ago. And she was great. Helping me kind of visualize the future, if you will. Also recommended me to someone who is like a CFO, kind of like financial coach. Oh. Um, and he... Yeah. And it's like a consultant, like a CFO. CFO consultant, I guess you will. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to kind of like build out our, like a plan. So we have a plan for every year, right? And what our, what we're, what our clients' fees are bringing in, like what the project size is, like, so I can see what is on the books, what we should be, what kind of revenue or profit we're generating. So smart. Yeah. With our expenses. And we just, we moved into an office space last year, renovated a space and moved into it. That's awesome. We actually share it with, yeah, we share it with another design firm. It's really cool. We each have our own studios, and we share the conference room and stuff like that. But even that was a really big move and trying to figure it out. So just having like that ability to say, like, okay, look, we, I can do this. Like, I can do this, and slowly been raising our fees. And you know, I had some really low fees in the past. You know, I've learned a lot, and hopefully, clients aren't listening to this, being like, <laughs> "Man, she's raised
1: her fees since I hired her. But, but you know, but, that's you know, a we, fair thing. Everybody raises their fees. Everybody another. I mean, we all feel guilty making money. I am agreeing with you because I don't. I haven't raised my fees in forever, and then I felt like my junior designer went out and charged the same, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" But I've been working for a gazillion years. I'm an idiot then for not you know understanding what the market can bear. I'm joking, but wait.
0: Right. true. But it's like yeah. I mean, I was working. Yeah, it was you know cheap for a while because I think for so long I was like. I was like, I have to be building my, per- like, I'm not ready to do that. Like I'm, I'm, I have to build this portfolio. Like I didn't felt like I had the mm-hmm. ability to charge. It's like imposter syndrome. I'm always like, I'm not a really, a you know, legit know. designer you know, forever. I still have <laughs> those days.
1: I hope clients yes, are like, Oh God, I hope I don't, but well, let me think about this. me go back to my little tunnel and overthink
0: this, you know, make sure. That, I know hey, same. God. it's like, it's, it's been recent that I finally like had some confidence, but Oh, but yeah, on. so I mean, well, no, I mean it's like, well, you know, it's just always a. Con- Our yes. industry is like you're just out there all the time. Everything's out there. You're always on display. It's always yeah. someone's always judging you, your work, and blah blah blah. And like, it's yeah. hard to not always be a little self conscious about it, right? It's just totally. It's exhausting. It's like your name and da, da, da. And it's, you get all the great stuff. Don't get me wrong. I hear when you people say, oh my gosh, I love what you posted. But like, I'm like, well, I'm not hearing (laughs) what they, what else they're saying. You know what I mean? So. And you um, believe she put purple in there. I who (laughs) likes purple anyway? Yeah, exactly. I know, but
1: people don't, well, then you can blame the client. Well, the client really loves. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I did not want to do that, but they insisted. Oh, sorry, on it. <laughs> we love our clients, but we do exactly factor in their input. I mean, I have not gotten to the level of superstars where you like say it's my way or the way, and I have a look, and then you move out for a week and it's done. I mean, I can't believe it's possible for some. Apparently, it is.
0: Yeah. No, and I don't think I'll ever be that person because, all oh, first of all, I don't even have like a look. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my projects are all over the place but I also feel like I would I think about that too that would be so stressful for me to not have some sort of approval from them yeah just to design I mean it sounds awesome but also like what if they were like I hate this I don't know my worst nightmare can you imagine like I don't know oh my god no I know exactly so I know. I don't. That's crazy. Those like New York projects. I feel like it's like here's you know a couple million dollars for my condo. Like just make it happen. Have at it. Wild.
1: I mean, it's that HGTV effect. People will ask, "Well, well, would you install it?" I was like, "Well, in my world, I'm um (laughs) again, and people have budgets, and that's great. And so it's coming. It's rolling in. I mean, I guess with whole house renovations though, we are bringing more in at once. But I found too that renovation can stifle the decoration because. For a lot of folks that aren't, you know, multimillionaires, they're not, you know, if right. they're investing in the home and the construction and the architect, then the furniture may be, you know, installation may be slowed down just due to budget and, right. you know, just the fatigue of spending, the hemorrhaging over the whole project, which oh, I totally yeah. understand. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: I know. And we try to get in front of that too of being like, okay, you know, this is, you're going to spend X amount at a minimum with us. Yeah. And just make it so, just, you know, making sure that they, mentally can put that money aside and because it's not it's not worth it for us If obviously a big part of our Mm -hmm. income or like as designers is selling merchandise so it's it's kind of part of the deal it's like you can't you gotta we could take another job you know from someone who would be would be purchasing things from us and at the end of the day it's a business so we have to have some sort of commitment is in a perfect world. You know what I mean? Things happen, but... Do
1: you find clients push back on that structure still with you or have you crossed that line, the imaginary line in your career where people don't try to ask you for your quote unquote discount? That's a Uh, taboo topic. We've talked about it a little bit with others because I think we all are dealing with it in the advent of the internet and everything opening up no longer gatekeepers. You know, it's more of like guides.
0: Yeah, it is hard. I feel like the markup thing is probably one of the biggest like constant struggles that i've had and i think it's taken me a long time to finally instead of being like well okay you know sure like you can buy it if it's like from there you get a discount like all that kind of stuff is i've finally been at the point where i i kind of feel like you know what this is how we do things and for us to take ownership of a hundred like hundreds of thousands Mm of you know, dollars worth of merchandise, like that liability, and to be able to like deliver a level of service that we want to stand behind, like, that's how it works. You know what I mean? The markup, like, it's just a markup. You and,
1: can't have both. And you can't have scape- us all the responsibility and, and not making a profit. That's lose-lose on the designer. Right. Yeah.
0: It, it, it is. And it's just like, what you know, and, and honestly, I've said to I'm finally like I've again, like it's me a long time, but I say, you know, I, there's definitely less expensive ways to do this. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. you don't, this is not the cheapest way Ever. to furnish your house. <laughs> it's just not, but that's not, is that what your goal is? You know? No. But and it's, it's not, not, but like if they want a designer not. involved, and they have a certain level of finish. Right. Like they can't parts. do it by themselves. They can't do it by themselves. And if they want anyone, you know, good, that that's how they're gonna have to do it. And, yeah. and so I'm happy to be like, it's your project and it's your home and it's your choice but we this is how we do it and so it's your choice if you want to work with us or not and pay the markup you know what I mean but however I say this like it's like so easy that I still run into issues of like when we find these cool things that are you know like we only online we only get like 15% off we have a 30% markup it's like then they're paying over and that's really hard for people to see right and it's it's difficult it's still difficult with some clients but i want to be like hey you know what i get 60% off on this other item and you're you're saving you know 40% like even with the markup it all evens out you know but so they're in on
1: those flat things. markup for clients like you have you're very transparent and say we do x markup on it no matter where yep. it comes from okay
0: we do i i'm rethinking it though to be honest because of this kind of stuff is like well you know what i'm fine like we can cap things at retail but then you know when we can't pass along All of this wholesale, you know, so it's just, it's a weird. um, It is. It's like, do you, right? I mean, I wish, sometimes I wish I could be like, this is how much we need to make on the project. Like, let let everything else open book. Like, this is what, you know, this is the profit. But like, that would weird people out even more, probably. You know what I mean? (laughs) The whole flat fee versus hourly markup thing,
1: people debate still at every single high point thing I right. go to or whatever. And Gosh. and people come down from New York and say, oh, we mark up a certain amount and that's it. And you can use your <laughs> client credit card, which I think they're changing too. And I said, well, who on earth yeah. wants to pay a 30% margin of their furniture after they get it to the design? That's going to be a huge number. I that's know. Awful. I would please bury it for me. So I have no idea. Well, yeah, you're from exactly. the vendor anyway, I'm saying if I were right. And we yeah, no I agree to it, you know, like build them when you're there excited to purchase it not after the fact. It's it's tricky though. It's it'll be interesting it's to hard. see it lands because I mean, it is you couldn't stay in business without the merchandising. I mean, sorry, the profit from selling merchandise.
0: Yeah. Um No, I mean, we no, it's a big it's a huge part of it. And and we do a lot of fixed fees for the design fee, I will say. Like that's Okay. Really, weird. like when we do whole houses or renovations, um, mm-hmm. we will just tell them like, this is how much it is for the whole project. All of our time, like all of our expertise and then the markup for the merchandise. But how do you figure out the oh, hours?
1: I mean, that's a tough I mean,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm really shorted a lot of them. I will say like, I, and I didn't put end dates on some of them. So, oh boy. you know, I'm like, when does this fix the end? <laughs> like, I you know, I did not clarify. And like windows, <laughs> I had a project that I did fix fee on and the windows in the middle of, because of COVID, Ha- they had six month delay on them. Okay. Ooh. So I'm like, I, and I made this negotiation during COVID when I was scared that we weren't going to have any work. <laughs> so I already had a low fee. The project was huge. Oh, and then it was like, by the way, it's delayed six months. And so I didn't like, I didn't have anything to protect myself in the contract. So, I mean, if you would have averaged out what that fixed fee is over the course of whatever, two years around this job, I mean, it is like, cra- it was not a good, not a good call. Not but I learned. I learned learned. like, again, like another lesson learned. And so, you know, I've written better contracts now and raised, you know, it's, so we kind of, I just kind of figure out like, this is part of the whole modeling out the year of saying like, okay, this is like, what is our goal? How -hmm. many projects do we need to, how many can we handle? Mm -hmm. Like, so what does that mean to us? Like, what is the, like, how, what do we need to cover for that? Mm -hmm. And working backwards a little bit that way. And it kind of, there is like sort of a magic, like number number per month that we need to bill. And then I look at like, we use time. We do still bill hourly for probably 30% of our projects. Like not everyone, it makes sense to do fixed uh-huh. for various reasons. Um, so I still have like concept of what we're spending on projects that mm-hmm. we don't do fixed. So I think actually I have a pretty good handle on it now. And it just sets a nice tone. I think for the clients are just like, you know what? I I don't have to worry about the bills. It just is what it is. And we take draws every three months and, I don't know. It's, and it's less work for us to, to track the hours, but it's risky for sure. And you, it is risky, but you know.
1: It's know. hard with the time. And, and we're risky And you have to kind of advise people up front to have a sense as if they think it's going to take, that you have no idea what expectation people have of how many hours it requires to do this. And if you've never bought furniture, built a custom home, you have no idea, and nor should you, how many millions of hours, not millions, but you know, how many hours it takes for a team to, to work on those details for you. And and then we do get, you know, I was talking to another designer, we do get quiet during the process when we're procuring and ordering and, you know, all those things. The client doesn't know what you're doing, but they're still getting billed because your team is furiously working away on the meat of it um, in terms of getting it,
0: you know, all squared away and details checked and ordered. Sure. Um and that's actually the biggest, I think, issue we would have with hours and the markup is people will be like, we don't understand. You're mm-hmm. charging me hourly to place the orders and you're charging me the markup. There was like this, yeah. And I always felt a little weird about that, but then it's like it could take us like a you know 30 minutes to get the details right in a pillow, mm-hmm. and like it's only a like it, it it gets hard, you know what I mean, to where does the where does the, like what what is part of like a design hourly fee and what is part of the markup, like that's a weird gray area. You know what I mean? I mean, most designers are like, we just bill for any time we work on your project, no matter what. And then that was a question I would get a lot
1: on that too. Like, okay, I'm not right. going to fire off a text and I'm going to send you a couple, a two minute email. I'm not logging it, but we've kicked around the idea internally of, cause dealing with that exact same question, if you're collecting, um, you know, if you're making money off of the, the purchases, the sales, and also you're billing for every minute that your team's working on it um that doesn't feel good when they don't see any activity and those months go by what about a procurement retainer for the months in the middle like how many hours would that be is that like you know a couple thousand a month that they know so, so it's not a runaway train where because i know we at the end of clients will say well we're kind of wrapping up before we you know either finish this phase and start another one could you bill me hourly of course i don't want to i don't need to bill you a whole new engagement retainer for the wrap-up but then I'm used to being on retainer with clients and then I've got to go back and track all these diddly hours, not diddly, but just their loose ends. Um, and it'd be- clean. Oh, the loose ends. Yeah. If you just had like you $2,000 a month and you've got us on call to do all this after your whatever phase, ordering or- yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: we, I totally agree. The loose ends are just, it kills us. You know, like, we're kind of like, I always think these projects are going to finish, but mm-hmm. they're just like, they linger forever. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just never ending. And you're like, what am I like looking for this lamp? But, you know, it's easier to pull together a whole room than try oh to gosh. find like those last two things. Like I just, gosh. And, it, and, then, and then they're like wrong. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, wait, the two, like it's, I got this whole room right and installed. But I every time I order this lamp, it's wrong and we're losing money. Like, I don't know what it is about. The, the that? That the feel better to hear you say that because i feel
1: like <laughs> yes. i have friends too it's like i did their whole house in one fell swoop and yeah. now i can find like you said a reading lamp or one more pendant yeah. or why are the pillows hard and maybe for the rug or like
0: i mm-hmm. don't know right or like it's just something it's just everything goes wrong on those little jobs because i feel like it's we don't i don't know if it's our attention's not fully on it but i don't act like I, that sounds like we're lazy or something we do the same thing, but. It's hard to be, I will say, it's hard the momentum to be in and out and in and out of a project That's it. I've found, you know what I mean? And like when you're in it and you're like, so what we just like, so on your point is like, okay, we finished our project with a client and it's like a fixed fee is over. We are, we say, okay, we know you're going to need something again. Like you're going to want us to come back and do that guest room that you didn't want us to do before, or, you know, do something in a year. So, um, we do say like, we're going to give you a minimum monthly monthly, hourly, it's hourly at that point, but a minimum. Um, so that like you said, I think it's you know, like a couple thousand dollars a month or something, just so that because like you might like also in these projects, you'll send something to these clients and then they won't respond for three weeks and then they respond. And then you're like, oh, I gotta back in. I'm I already moved on and now I gotta back I in it. That's the challenge. Right. It's like why did I pick that? I don't remember. And so it sort of keeps everyone really streamlined is the goals, right? Like these are all goals. I'm not gonna say that we are it's like 100% yeah. doing this, right? But it's like saying, get us your whole list of all the things and let us like tackle it all at one time and then keep it moving and wrap it up. So it's not like, oh, and then while you're there, I've, can you add this? And then we are never out of there and we're billing you like a few hundred dollars a month and it's just never, no one's ever happy. So it's, I agree. It's like, if you, it's, I read this and I think it was like business of home or something, but it was, I thought it was a good example of like, when people built servers, you know, for you know people being on the internet, like and this is something I don't. Oh yeah, um, store things on know, servers. I know like I'm not a tech person either. The yeah. web, right? Like the worldwide <laughs> web. I don't know. Servers. I was like Rooms it was basically the saying they had to build them to have the capacity that everybody was going to be using it all at the same time, right? And even though nobody is, and I feel like that's kind of like if you want us to be engaged in your project, we have all of our clients we have to like have the resources to be engaged across all of the projects. So we're not taking another job because we've got this job there. So therefore, and you know, the other side of that is the client has to realize like for us to keep that space, you know, in our server, like to be engaged, we have to, bill you the whole time you know what I mean so I thought that was like a good analogy of the hold space it's, for
1: them is kind of what you're saying like if right. you, it's a great yeah analogy. I don't know if
0: that was a great analogy but <laughs> no, yeah. I think it, it is, makes sense when I read it right yeah it's no, like it we have has, to have the capacity because like I have to plan for all of the clients if I'm saying I'm engaged with them like they're all going to come back at the same time and want things. So we, if they're want us to be involved, like that's, that's a commitment and and no one's really pushed back on it either. So it's not like it's a big deal. It's just more like, you know, setting expectations. Like this whole job is basically like, this is what we expect from you. And this is what you can expect from us. And then no, everyone's always happy as long as you just you know, set those expectations. We clear about it. I, and when you were right. speaking, it
1: made me think too, beyond, I know you said, oh, it sounds like we're lazy. And I know you don't mean that because I think you definitely know when you have a whole team scurrying around for sort of an ad hoc request. I think when you were, I thought it's a lot about, or I should say, I think of it as being in that creative flow. And when I'm really in the flow of a house and you're thinking about all the rooms and everything's firing and your ideas are coming, you're like excited about that fabric and, oh, we're going to do this paint color. And then you take a yes. break from it, and you come back and do one small thing that doesn't seem that important, even though it is to the client. You're like, "What? I'm not that excited about this. You're going to make me spend. I don't know. I've got to go run down. It's kind of errand. It feels like errand instead of part of yes. this creative flow when you're really. And it doesn't bode well for them. I have a client now who's take he really has a hard time making decisions, and I've tried everything to sort of goal poster and. Say let's do this, and uh, you know, and I am not yeah. creatively motivated at all. I hate to say it because it's uh, everything stripped away down to like the
0: basics, and and I'm out of the flow. <laughs> it, I I completely agree. It's like right. It's 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 so hard to explain, and yeah, you, and you can't really tell client. It's like awkward. But explain that? it's always right. A, yeah right, and like or they want you to come, and it's like you never fully are able to get your arms around it, and like do what we do best, and those. I can, it's always those projects that are at least successful is either where we never really were given like full free reign, free reign. Yeah. Free reign to really like run with the whole concept. It was like, well, let's just do like this space or like, you know, I have old clients who are like, we come to my other house and, you know, do a little bit of this, but like a little bit here, a little bit there. And then it never pieces, like no one's ever happy because we're not actually looking at it holistically it or like, we have hard. clients who, right. And then I have other clients who have great style, but they might they want to really run the project and they really want to say, well, like I'll be like, here's a suggestion. I'll be like, Oh, that's great. But here's like six others that I like. And then, and then it's like, wait, who's I'm wait, am I, do you want me to be on this? And then I'm always like, kind of, it's like a reciprocal thing. And then, I, it, you know, it's just, it's just never, it's all about having like a system and a, like a trust. It's just a trust and a process and, and right. Like being able to like creatively look at it from big picture. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's hard I totally to explain agree. if
1: you're not a creative person, if you're an artist or a right. painter, you can kind of get into that flow analogy, but I, yeah, I, and I don't, I honestly don't think you can change certain clients. It really depends on their personality. I have tried every sort of uh, way to manage <laughs> the process and communicate and, and, and there are just yeah. some folks that I can't get around it. So maybe that's when you got to break up, but unfortunately you're all the way down, <laughs> you know, the rabbit hole and you still need that lamp, but <laughs>
0: I yeah exactly i know i know it's and then you feel bad and then you're like well i come this far like i don't want to leave them hanging and but it, but then yeah, you end up picking a bad
1: lamp to your point it's like why, yeah, why can't exactly. i pick a lamp i
0: did the whole floor, right and now i can't exactly. find the right lamp. And I think ah, that's, that's the a
1: bad thing. idea
0: right and like i have three lamps in limited inventory because i'm like i just can't get it right because i, I can't get it right then yeah, my mad. head wasn't in it i know it's so <laughs> weird but it's true that's exactly it's how it works true. out
1: well i have one more question I think might be a good one to wrap up as you think ahead. We've talked some about where you've come from and how you built your team. What do you see for your business five years from now? You've done so much over COVID and building your team before that. What are you, are you looking forward to in the future in terms of expansion or projects? Do you have a
0: vision? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> I, know, I know. No, it's okay. I mean, it is something I'm always kind of thinking about. I tend to think like year by year um i would say that i think for the next 5 years i really want to like solidify uh, the brand and in terms of like the product that we put out there and also like the service that we do so i'm excited about these new roles and being able to kind of get some consistency in our documents and like what and really take it to the next level in terms of service for our clients and just be like you know feel really good about all that we do and then in terms of both into customer service and also, you know, what kind of spaces we create um, and building that brand so that I can be in a place that maybe I can also like, and also a team, building a team that is also like somewhat self-sufficient and that I've built and mentored to a point that they can have some ownership in their projects and run with things more without me being so involved. Um, and maybe I can have a little bit less involvement in the day to day would be amazing, but full confidence in my team. And I have full confidence in my team now. It's really more about me being, getting to a place where I can like let go and feel like things are really running. Um, I don't see, I don't have like aspirations of growing the team to be huge. You know what I mean? That's not, um, I feel like I always want to be really in touch with all of my projects and it's like... I always wanted to have that kind of personal level, but I think it'd be cool to maybe, and this is very abstract, but like once a brand is established, like maybe do something else with that brand. You know what I mean? And, um, I, I don't, I don't know what that is yet. I really don't, but kind of like, like maybe shifting a little bit. Um, but or like not so much shifting, but branching off. I'm not quite sure, but Products I think it would be kind
1: of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Like something, yeah.
0: something a little different. I don't think I have the capacity to do anything like additional now, but once, you know, if once everything, like I saying is kind of more five years running five years. on autopilot. Yeah. Autopilot. Like I can maybe have like, maybe I can like play tennis or something. I don't know. Like I can have a hobby. I can do something outside of work. that's my big goal. That is the dream. Five years from now, I want to be able to play tennis, you know, like during the day.
1: (laughs) I'm 20 years in this year, believe it or not. I started in 2004, which seems like my grandma, but it's having, you know, I agree, like ownership of your time and being more of a creative director in some aspects, when you have a team that's really gelling, if they could do some Mm -hmm. of the initial you know, here's our concept. I say, here's what we want to do. And then let me let you guys run around and and get all the things and we'll meet together and sort of let me edit, you know, and let me focus on business development in other areas, whether it's like this or, you know, I think as a creative person, when you've been doing the same, even though the houses are different, the clients are different, same kind of thing over and over again. Um, your creative brain wants to do something a little different, whether it's taking your brand and using it differently or additional revenue streams that look very different from what you do um, as your core business. Um, right.
0: Or not to yeah. Think that was well said. Yeah. Um, that oh. was well said. Yeah, and you know, client <laughs> client interaction is is a lot. Like it's a lot. You know what I mean? And so. It's a lot of energy. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. It's a lot of energy. And so, you
1: yeah, know, I think you can still love your clients and still feel like, um, you know, a lot of big designers I know move away from one to one full time because it's impossible to scale that way as we are one individual. And then they move on to things, whether it's commercial hotels where they take that brand and move on and do something like that. There's more of a you know, bigger scale project and less of an individual working with married couples in their home and all the things that really wraps into people's personal lives, which can require more energy, shall we
0: say, than... Exactly. And I'm like an empath. So it's like, I I absorb, and like, you know, all of the things and I, I, you know, it's just like, and even great energy, like is, all my clients are awesome. Honestly, I'm so lucky. Like they're wonderful, but it's still like you're on all the time and you're kind of like, do you like this? Do you like that? Oh my gosh, I'll do this. And it's, you know, and then you're like in the office and everyone's like, Erica, what about this? What about this? And then you go home and your kids are like, mom, mom. what about this? Yeah. <laughs> look so at me, look like, at me. <laughs> I'm like constantly in the service like mode. I'm just you like, constantly constantly... like yes. what does everybody need from me all the time? So yeah, that's, I think sometimes it'd be like, that's why it sounds fun to kind of think, well, maybe there's a way to shift this where it's a little bit less of that, but, um, you don't email. want to place all of it. I think not right? a bad You're thing. Fine. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Words in your
1: mouth, but I think i I've No, no, no. I would be others. sad if I. Yeah. yeah,
0: I actually would be. I, in, in a weird way, like I do. I love it. Like I love meeting with people and being. And the day is different and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. That question got me stumped. So I'm just more like thinking no, out loud about it. I'm glad it, so. I had a stump worthy question. <laughs> I
1: mean. <laughs> I think it's fun to think about fibers. I certainly don't have a, oh, this is what I'm aiming towards is I'm sort of like a figure it out as I go kind of person too and learn by doing and get an idea. I'm like, oh, shiny thing. Let me go try that, you know, and I can't help it. Right.
0: like, like <laughs> <Yeah>. this podcast. <laughs> I love all your new things though. I love all like the design and a, uh... Like your small design and your podcast, and like what you're, I think it's awesome you're helping people grow their business because nobody knows where to start. You know, everybody wants to get into this and it's hard. It's, it's hard to know where to find that information.
1: I think people were, you know, kind of closed door about it more so, at least when I was starting. Definitely had a lovely peer group, but I just think the industry as a whole, I think DC was sort of special that we had kind of a crew of our age group kind of coming up around the same era. People were very, collaborative in the sense of like sharing info and stuff. But um, I think it's daunting. And, you know, it's just a different landscape now too with, I keep saying, the internet, but all things. Um, We got lucky, I think, starting out having the traditional model before it was You these like computer AI rooms and renderings. And just now you can Google search your proposal and people are like, hey, what about this? And if you're just starting out, you don't have that confidence experience or sort of body of work behind you to say, no, no, this is my way of doing business, not to circle back to that again, we all beat a dead horse on the pricing thing, but it's just something we struggle with. No, but
0: that is hard. It is very hard. The whole AI thing, I don't know what that means for us, but I know it means something.
1: I think the human connection cannot be replaced. I think reading people, being an empath, all the things that we spoke about that can't be replaced by a computer in our industry and others. People want that full service experience where you're coming in and you're listening to them and you're coming with these ideas that are based on their... Lifestyles and what they've said to you, and that is really exciting to be on the receiving end. That I don't think a computer can one hundred percent replace. I'm sure it'll do a lot that I am not aware of, but
0: <laughs> for now, maybe it'll just do some stuff on. that helps us. Because I yeah. totally agree on the client side, but maybe we'll it'll do something that's helpful for us. I don't know, I don't know
1: what that is yet, but GBT. yeah, GBT is helpful, and Canva with its AI stuff is helpful.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's some good stuff that comes of it, so we'll think of it that way with that
1: well and on sure. a positive note right yeah <laughs> exactly it's gonna help us and we can't be replaced it is.
0: <laughs> yes you know what it's good for actually chat gbt is great for instagram captions by the way Oh, really? yeah if you get stumped as a side note i'm like tell me something fu-. like what is a witty comment about a bed and <laughs> a I don't know like whatever in a bedroom or i don't know something i well, try it. it's actually really tip. fun i'm like no that's too much and i'll say something <laughs> no it's a little bit much. like lighter it's yeah so anyway that was That's smart. I'm going (laughs) to use that now. I'm
1: going to go. I'm I'm the one doing my social media. Are you on yours? I'm the one creating the things. Or do you outsource?
0: Oh, Oh, I do have help. No, I, I, I have. I'm a back and forth. Like I have. We do. I have help, but I. Who's awesome? This person's awesome. Who helps? But I'm like such a control freak about stuff that gets put out there. I sort of insert myself, and I'm I. I need help with things like reels and stories and stuff like that. Um, But posts, I generally like kind of handle myself. I take control of. So
1: (laughs) I learned a new tool that you can outsource that I hadn't heard of before called ManyChat. And it's an auto reply. It's like a robot that replies in your in your stories. And if you've ever seen those things where people say comment, whatever, and I'll send you the link. It's this ManyChat app, a promo for ManyChat. And you can set up these sequences and things. So I'll have friends who will comment on something. That's great. Liz, da, da, da. And it'll come back. Thanks so much for your feedback. Follow the podcast below. And they're like, wow. Okay, great. You know, they think, <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, that's my yeah. robot. That's Liz, the robot outsourcing. Oh,
0: that's the- good to know, though. That is really good to know. Because it, that's great. the hard part. It's like the engagement yeah. and going back and forth. You're is difficult. On Yeah. and then and this Yeah, is a yeah it's just so time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I won't. We'll get started on the whole Instagram topic because that'll be another hour, but yeah, we'll it's put a lot a pin in
1: that for next time. We'll hope to yeah, have exactly. That. I'm so grateful yeah. for your
0: time today.
1: You've shared so much great insight, and uh, I'm excited for our listeners to learn more and be inspired by you and your journey. That's so cool. Yeah, well, I enjoyed
0: my first podcast experience, yeah. so thank you for making it painless. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Drapery, where we pull back the curtain on the interior design industry through stories, insights, and creative processes that shape the spaces we create. Make sure you subscribe to get the latest episodes from your favorite podcast platform and visit our website at lizlevininteriors.com for more information.